finished. It's not too late. Handle your Christmas shopping like you do your prayer life, and you'll make it. That wasn't necessary, was it? Uh, wait till the last minute to start praying about stuff. Uh, but anyway, uh, hope you folks have a great holiday season. Uh, this is what I like about Wednesday. I get to be more like me on Wednesday than I do Sunday. You know, Sunday you have to be a little more polished and professional. and I, that, that ain't me. I don't wear that, that outfit too good. But uh, on Wednesday night I can have a good time with you folks and it's really amusing to me the way you just sit there and stare back. Nothing changes, based nothing I say changes your expression, one good or bad. It's like you walk in the door and sit down and your face just gets locked in a mode. It's like your hard drive freezes. You came in in a bad mood and it just froze right there. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm having fun. Thank the Lord. <clears throat> I want to read one verse of scripture tonight and we'll jump into our Bible study. And uh, I hope you will enjoy what we're presenting tonight. It's our last Bible study on how to build strong relationships. But this is going to go in a completely different direction than what you've been used to uh, in the past three Wednesday nights. And uh, I want to read from Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24. A man that hath friends can be a sourpuss and not ever reach out to anybody, just walk in the church and sit down and never speak to anybody, don't give anybody your phone number. Say nothing changed through all of that discourse. No, no facial expression changed whatsoever. He that hath friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Uh, how to build strong relationships. I want to, if nothing else, you will, we'll call this Bible study and it is, but it, it's, I'd like to do a little bit of coaching and believe you me, uh, the reason some of this material is, is difficult for me to teach is because there's too many people out here that, that know me. Y'all have known me for a long time. I see Brother Henry Swallow back there, I think. The lights are blinding me. He's known me since I was a teenager. There's, there's, is that Sister Kathy? Great to see you tonight. Uh, she's known me for a long time. So when I get up and say this stuff, they're like, that ain't, that ain't true. That's, that's not how he is. So see, I've got to be real careful. You, you, you folks make, make this a challenge. I have learned some things through the years, and uh, I'm not an overly social person, but ministry has made me be social, whether I've wanted to be or not, and uh, I'd like for everybody to listen to that. If you want to be effective in the kingdom, sometimes you have to change who you are a little bit, <clears throat> and that's kind of the essence of uh, what I want to present to you tonight. But if you're in a, a relationship with somebody, I don't mean marital or romantic. If, if you're in a friendship, if you're trying to establish a friendship uh, with someone, and this is more of where this is going. We've done the marital thing, the family thing over the past couple of Wednesday nights. This is friendship-based. Okay, does everybody understand that? I don't have to make that disclaimer uh, ten times all throughout this study. If it has to do with marriage or whatever, I'll say it. 
But if you're in, trying to build a relationship with somebody, um, sometimes you, you might have a propensity to want to ask a person, especially if it's a newer relationship, um, what do you want out of this relationship? Or you may ask yourself, what do I want out of it? Those kind of questions are oftentimes difficult to answer. The reason I want to teach this is it's in contrast to especially what I taught last Wednesday night um, on expectations. Uh, I think it's fair to have certain expectations in relationships you have with people. Well, if it's marital or family, you can be a little more demanding. You can set parameters and what have you. In friendships, the landscape sometimes is a little bit different. So if I'm wanting to, um, I, I just meet Brother Henry Swallow, and, you know, we've, we've known each other, you know, three months, and, you know, we've had coffee a couple of mornings, and, and I show up for coffee this coming week and said, okay, we, we've known each other for the past, you know, two or three months, whatever. What do you want out of this relationship with me? Well, I'm going to severely put him on the spot. It, it's, it's hard to answer because... Only knowing somebody for that short amount of time, it's, it's justifi- justifiably true to say, well, I haven't known you long enough to really know what to expect. Now, I do think there are some answers to that question that I don't want betrayal. I don't want you to, things I share with you in confidence, I don't want you to go tell it. Uh, I think there's those typical uh, situations with friendships and what have you that exist. But for him to be more specific than that, uh, and if I turn the, the question around to me and what do I want out of relationship with him, then I have the same questions to answer. I haven't known him long enough to, make, to come up with that estimation. I don't know what kind of person he is to be able to make that kind of estimation. So you have to be careful when, 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 when I, we, we're seemingly constantly uh, adding new people and uh, new people are wanting to come into Grace Church and establish themselves. And depending on the person, it can take three or four months. Other people can take three or four years. It depends on their personality. Uh, we've had people that's come to Grace Church in the past that hardly said anything to anybody for a year or two. And then all of a sudden they open up and, and they want to establish relationships. So this is where I'm going with this tonight. And I would like to give this group here tonight. I love my core Wednesday night people. Uh, I want to just kind of throw out some ideas and what have you uh, about relationships along this line. If you read the Bible from cover to cover, you will easily conclude that the Bible is a book that talks about two major relationships, God and man and man and man. There's two major relationships that the Bible covers. It's our relationship with God and our relationship with one another So one of the major aspects of being alive is that we are able to enter into friendships with people that are supposed to be, should be, fun, exciting, warm. Christian people are to become good friends, good friends with God, should be good friends with God. The Bible said that Abraham was a friend of God. We should be good friends with God, and we should also be good friends with one another. 
Getting to know God and each other is oftentimes what life is all about. It doesn't matter what you choose as a career path unless you just choose to move to a mountain somewhere and live in a cave and eat off the land and never see humans again. Uh, No matter other than that, no matter what path you choose in life, it's going to involve other people. And it's advantageous for you to know how to build relationships with people. You need people. Somebody said one time, no man is an island unto himself. Uh, And whether you move to a mountain or not, you still have parents and siblings in most cases. So a byproduct of being Christian people attending church regularly, uh, you're going to encounter people. And I believe God planned it so that when you encounter people, you can build relationships with people and you can become friends with people. So getting to know God and getting to know each other is what life is all about. And in order for someone to get to know you, you have to open up somewhat and then have the ability to feel comfortable in doing it. And if you're going to have a relationship with me, then I have to do the same. I've heard uh, just in the past couple of years about people, people have talked to me about it, that said, you know, I really wanted to be friends with so-and-so, but they just won't open up to me. Well, I don't have time tonight. We'd, we'd be here for three hours if I went into all of this the way I'd actually like to, but um, there, there's things I'm going to say in general, and, and maybe later we can do more detail. But open up has a different definition for everybody. Uh, I hope everybody understands that. If you meet somebody and you want them to open up to you, then you need to clarify what opening up means. Now, I'm going to open up to people, but there's a line that I'm not going to cross. There are some things you will never know about me. Now, some you can figure out on your own. If you hang around, one is amazing. I will never tell you that. But if you hang around with me long enough, you'll find that I'm truly amazing. I meant that to be kind of humorous, to lighten this up a little bit. And so open up has a lot of different definitions for people. There's, there's things that people have knowledge of about themselves that they won't share it with anybody. Now, you may have the same situation in your life and you're okay with sharing it with everybody but everybody ain't like you there's people that tell all of their business and there's people that tell none of their business and that's where you have to get to know people do you want a friendship or do you want an information source do you want a friendship or are you just trying to be nosy do you want a friendship or are you looking for something juicy to go talk to somebody else about that you just learned about your new friend these are, these are attitudes, mentalities, and perspectives that are analyzed and judged by anybody that you approach that you would like for them to be your friend. I'll be honest with you, of course, as pastor, and, and this area of relationship with people as pastor, I have huge parameters, and sometimes they're very abstract. Sometimes they're hard for me to even label but there's people that I can open up to a little easier and a little more than I can with other people. 
And oftentimes it depends on how you approach me and how I feel like I can trust you or not. Y'all understand that? Am I making sense? I know I'm kind of talking. I'm just throwing a lot of stuff out here. I have enough people come to me periodically and they'll say, you know, I really tried to, (laughs) I really tried to talk to so-and-so and and they just didn't want to talk. Well, what did you want to talk about? You know, whatever the subject is, they may not feel comfortable talking to you about that. Start with the weather. That's where you start. You just don't walk up to somebody and say, hey, my name is Glenn Murphy. How's your marriage? That don't work. Does everybody understand that? And I know nosy people. That there is no introductory. Hi, my name is Glenn Murphy. How many times have you been married? Why, why did you divorce the last three times? What was the reason for that? People don't want to share that stuff. You're not wanting to be a friend is how they interpret you. They think you're being nosy. So, yeah, they're going to throw up a wall to you. So this is where I'm trying to throw some things out. Okay, let's, if I don't get to my notes here, we'll be here a long time. So open up, people opening up to you or you opening up to people that definition is determined by the person that you're trying to embark upon a relationship with as to how much they want to open up to you or not. And oftentimes it will take them a long time. Uh, people in our society are regularly burned. They're judged, etc. And people don't usually open up too quickly. So you, you have to give people time and space and you have to prove to them that you can be trusted. Uh, if you do not understand and appreciate yourself, People pick up on that, and oftentimes they will not accept or appreciate you either. If you don't appreciate yourself, then how can you expect anyone else to? Or are you looking for somebody to feel sorry for you? People will do that for a little while, but after a while, the feeling sorry for you kind of thing moves on, and I've run into that. Pastor, I was such good friends with so-and-so, and all of a sudden they won't talk to me anymore. Why? Well, you know, I, I whine about my kids. I whine about my marriage. I whine about my job. I whine about my car. I whine about my dog. I whine about my... Well, you're whining too much. Nobody wants to hear that all the time. You have to bring substance into a relationship. And that's what people have to understand. <clears throat> okay, so there are two extremes to avoid in relationships. Number one is thinking someone is more wonderful than you are or that they are the worst sinner on the planet. You have to, you can't go to either perspective if you want to establish a relationship with somebody. This is judging people and there's a whole lot of ego and pride that goes into being judgmental. In my opinion, you have to have some degree of pride to be judgmental. Judgmental bottom line is putting down other people for whatever reason. And the thing that's behind that is because you feel like deep down inside that you are just a little bit better than them. That's why you're judging them. It's either pride or jealousy motivated. So relationships grow rapidly during their initial stages. When you first meet somebody and it seems like you kind of hit it off with somebody and y'all be good friends and You call all the time and text all the time and all of that. Uh, Friendships grow pretty rapidly because you're getting to know one another 
and there's a certain excitement about creating new friendships, but most of us value highly friendships that permit us to be honest and open and then that we can trust that person with that information. Uh, that's the big, huge thing. But opening up does not mean we have to go into all the gory details about our past. And oftentimes that will cause a relationship to stall. Um, I mentioned a moment ago, I've talked to people, I uh, talked to somebody recently that wanted to embark upon a relationship with somebody. And, he, and, and the person told me, the person I want to uh, establish a friendship with, I would open up to them all the time, but they would never open up to me. Uh, the other person wouldn't tell or share true life stories. They just only told stories, kind of a encyclopedia-based stories. They would tell about things they saw on the Internet, things they saw on YouTube, uh, things about the job, never about themselves. Uh, and in relationship, that can cause uh, friendship to stall. However, opening up does not mean you have to go into all the gory details about your past either. And I think we should have enough respect for one another not to demand that or to expect that. <clears throat> the more often and self-disclosing we are in our conversation with others, the more likely others will like us. The more open and self-disclosing we are in our conversations, the more likely others will like us. Self-disclosure, when you're telling things about yourself, should be honest, should be genuine, and unaffected. It needs reciprocating in kind, or there will be a tendency to feel vulnerable, exposed, and not to open up any further. And this is the way the person felt that I just described. So to be sure, there's a certain amount of risk involved in opening up to others. How we respond to others' self-disclosure can either build or destroy the relationship. And this is where Christian people need to be very careful. I've experienced this with people in times past. I've experienced it myself in times past. Um, I have to be very careful here, but I, I personally have met people that I thought we could be genuine, we could be honest, we could be transparent, and then come to find out there was something about this person that I couldn't move past. It wasn't a forgiveness issue. I'm not going to say it publicly what it was. It had nothing to do with forgiveness or anything like that. But it could be damaging uh, to have given this person uh, very much latitude or parameter. That's disappointing when that happens. So when you open up to people, if you choose to tell all the gory details about your past, you're risking a relationship with that person because they may not feel like it's advantageous for them to be friends with you based on who you are and the things that you have divulged to them. I'm just trying to help somebody here tonight that when you meet people, you don't have to regurgitate all of your family history and that my daddy was an idiot, my grandfather was a bigger idiot than that, and my great-grandfather built Angola. Uh, you don't have to go into all that stuff. Uh, let things come out, use wisdom, and learn the person you're talking to and try to understand how much information about you they can bear. And it's not that you're trying to hide information but there's just a lot of things that, that just don't have to be said. I find across the board in relationships with a lot of people have with each other, most of the time, most people talk too much. And this is where I'm trying to help some folks here tonight. So again, having building new relationships with people can be risky. 
etc. as you open up to people. But how we respond to the other self-disclosure can either build or destroy the relationship. And human nature by nature. I think because of sinful nature. Many of us can be extremely judgmental. We can be extremely damning. And we can be extremely condemning. But I want everybody here to understand tonight. There ain't a soul here. There's not one person in this building here that's perfect. All have sinned. What we do as people is categorize sin. And we say, well, my sin ain't as bad as their sin. You sound like the publican in the Bible. The Pharisee in the Bible. That says, I might be a sinner, but thank God I'm not like the publican down the street. Well, that don't fly with God. And he made that clear. Nobody here tonight's perfect. And we need to keep our judgment to ourselves and, and judge the man in the mirror if you're going to judge somebody. Acceptances, understanding, warmth, these things build relationships. One of the most affirming things I find in relationship with people is when they're willing to accept me as I am. I don't have to pretend I'm somebody else to be a friend. And if I have to pretend I'm someone else, then I don't want to be a friend because it's built on hypocrisy. As Christian people, we should be understanding, we should be accepting, we should be forgiving. Not judgmental, not condemning, and not damning. When you're trying to build relationship with people, you try to avoid strong disagreements. Telling people, how could you do that? How could you have been such an idiot? How could you have been so stupid? How could you have been such a moron? Statements like that are damning, condemning, and when they're expressed, buddy, your friend's sitting there looking at you like, who do you think you are talking to me like that? And then the friendship's over. Uh, This is where I recommend keep your dumb mouth shut when you reach these kind of points. You handle it different. Um, We sometimes tend to treat our friends as though when they do something really stupid that like they've committed the unpardonable sin and I can't hang around with you no more well if you want to start comparing sin go get a sheet of paper and let's sit down and let's both be honest and we'll find that both of our lives are full of failure and heartache and disappointment and nobody has really the right to judge anybody I don't know what you came expecting tonight, but I can assure you it wasn't this. But again, I'm trying to, trying to help somebody. So when you want to embark on a relationship with people, the development of trust is important because it's foundational. Trust is the most important aspect, as far as I'm concerned, of any relationship. If I can't trust you, then you are not going to be in my circle of friendship. Just all I can talk to you about is the weather. And I wouldn't even talk politics with you if I can't trust you. Uh, you'll, you'll go off and do something, say something, I said something, and what have you. Um, trust is important. Trust is a foundation of any relationship on any level. Relationships are not enjoyable if there's a lack of trust. They become uncomfortable. I mentioned a moment ago that Abraham was a friend of God. The reason was because God said about Abraham, essentially, I can trust him and he'll do whatever I ask him. That's model trust relationship right there, in my opinion. 
Trust is essentially the knowledge that we will respond to the other person in a positive manner. To build strong friendships, people need to know we will accept them. Um, there's, there's people sitting in this building tonight. If something happened in my life, I am very confident in the folks, some folks sitting here tonight that they would treat me fairly. They may not like what I did. They may not understand what I did. But when they have knowledge of it, I'm confident there's people here tonight that would treat me fairly. I want to take that a step further. There's people here tonight that's done things, et cetera, et cetera. And by, at the hands of Grace Church, you have been treated fairly. And I thank God for that. I'm very appreciative of that. We need to know uh, by our, the, from the people we're in relationship with, we need, to, we need to be able to trust people that we will not be rejected if they find out we have flaws. The reason I appreciate Grace Church, one of the greatest reasons I appreciate this church as pastor, is I feel confident to be transparent with you. Now, I'm, only, I'm transparent to a point. I don't get up here and tell everything. But there's some weaknesses that I have. There's flaws that I have that I can be honest and transparent about. And you will treat me fairly. Because a lot of you will go home and say, you know what? I have flaws too. And so I'm not going to judge him and he's not judging me. And I think it's beautiful that we can do that. So for us to love each other, we must trust each other. The most effective means of communicating trust is through the expression of affection for one another. Telling people we like them, we love them, we smile when we're around them, we share experiences, we shake hands, we'll hug necks, we create trust. Silence is not golden in relationships. Sooner or later, if you're going to have a relationship, friendship with somebody, you have to talk. You have to say things. You have to say things that are meaningful. You have to say things that are relevant. It tends to come across as indifference at best and rejection at worst if we do not communicate with people to the extent that they communicate with us. They don't trust us if you don't, commu if you don't communicate back. So each person brings to a friendship certain expectations. Here we go with expectations again. These ex expectations can be simple or complex. Unfortunately, most of us are only vaguely aware of these expectations. And again, I'm talking about friendships. Nevertheless, when people meet our expectations, we generally tend to appraise them highly. We like people that do the things that we want them to do or that we like for them to do. When people stop doing the things we want, we change our appraisal towards the negative. The friendship becomes less enjoyable. I see this floating around Grace Church often with people, and it frustrates me because I see the potential of some awesome friendships that could develop here. But here's one of the issues. You have a person who's lonely, who is frustrated. They don't necessarily want to go to vent. They just want to be with somebody for a little while. So they'll ask so-and-so, would you go have coffee with me or could we go to McDonald's after church? No, I'm just really tired. If you, if, if, 
Person B would just sacrifice just a little bit and say, sure, I'll be happy to go with you. You would turn that person's world around. I see that often here in Grace Church. As a matter of fact, I'm rejected all the time because I ask people by the scores to go to Wingstop with me after church. Nobody ever wants to. No, I'm too tired. No, I got to do this. I'm lonely. I've been dejected. I'm frustrated. Nobody loves me. Y'all's face finally woke up. That's pretty, that's pretty awesome right there. But I'm teasing about that. I'm a big boy, and wings taste the same to me whether you're with me or not. Uh, discovered that with food. I eat by myself all the time. Tastes the same. Um, but oftentimes, people need fellowship. They need friendship. They need a handshake. They need a hug. If you'll step out just a little bit and give them that. It makes them feel like a million dollars. You've done something great for the kingdom. Jesus talked about people that wouldn't bring him a glass of water. And you just never know what's going on in people's world, what's going on in their lives. Friendship is kind of like a bank account into which you make deposits and withdrawal. And I do understand when you want to establish relationships with people is there are people that are more needy than you. And if you meet more people that are more needy than you, then you have a propensity to be impatient with them because they pull more out of the relationship than they put in it. Uh, I think once you get to know a person, you can have that conversation. Um, But you have to be careful. And I want to say to the needy people, you know who you are, no doubt. You can't continually pull out of people and pull out of people and pull out of people and pull out of people without putting something back in. After a while, people saturate, they inundate, and they move away from you. And I commented a little bit on that earlier. Um, People move away from you and you can't figure out why. Uh, Oftentimes it's because you're pulling on them too hard and you're not putting anything back. You've emptied the bank account, if you will. And you have to make a deposit. You have to do something nice. If you have lunch with people and they're always treating you and you never treat them, and then they quit asking you to go to lunch, don't sit around and scratch your head and try to figure out what happened. Use your brain. People got tired of feeding you all the time. Feed them once in a while. Buy them lunch once in a while. Y'all understand what I'm saying? I hope you do. It'll help somebody here tonight if you will. It'll help tremendously. Uh, If we make the mistake of only taking from the account, there will be nothing for the other person. Uh, The account becomes unbalanced and the relationship's in trouble. So put simply, friendships deteriorate because people do not get what they want or need from them. And if you want to make a relationship last, you better determine what your friend wants from the friendship and try to provide that for that friendship. If you can't do it, then you need to have a conversation with the person. For a balanced friendship, both people must get a significant amount of what they want from it. It is important for both partners to keep a watchful eye on the balance. It's important that people do that. You, sometimes you have to stop in relationships you have with people, and you need to do a little inventory. Am I pulling more out of them than what they have to give? And if I am, I better start putting some back in. We need to watch that. Again, I'm trying to help some folks here tonight. You want to feel 
warm, you want to feel comfortable around people, your friends, you don't want to feel like you're draining them, you don't want to feel like you're taxing them too much, you have to reciprocate friendship. It can't be one-sided. You have to reciprocate friendship. So to continue to take without giving, you'll find your friend negatively responding to you or or avoiding you. Uh, A farmer does not plant seeds without expecting to get something in return. So people do not give and give and give without expecting something back in return. And if you're going to have a relationship with somebody, you need to keep that in mind as to how much are you putting into the friendship. Let me hurry on. Uh, People want some basic things from friendships, such as honesty and integrity. Nothing unbalances a friendship quicker than a lie. And I oftentimes try to coach relationships with people. And this is, this, is, this is one right here that's hard for people to take. I thought you were my friend. I thought you were somebody I could trust and depend on. And now here you have lied to me. You keep your word if you possibly can. If you can't, then you need to let your friend know you can't. If you make a promise in relationship with somebody and you can't keep it, then you need to let that person know and be truthful about it. Don't lie. I've heard of people, for example, canceling a lunch date. And so the person who's been canceled out on goes to eat lunch somewhere else and their friend shows up at that particular place with another friend. Uh, Makes you feel kind of cheap and degraded. Just be honest and say, I'm going to have lunch with so-and-so, and and I'll catch up with you next week. Be honest about it, and don't lie. Friendships do not survive when someone cannot be truthful. Second thing, anger has no place in friendship. We can say some nasty things when we're heated. Anger is one of the best ways to wipe out a good friendship. Um... could spend a long time here. I'm not going to. But if you are a type of person that you have a problem with anger, you need to work on it and leave it out of your friendships. You get ticked off on, uh, at somebody and you go off on your friend, it's going to take you a long time generally to reel that person back in. This is where you need to learn to keep your dumb mouth shut when you get ticked off about something. And I hear it from people once in a while, not very often, but once in a while I hear it. Pastor, you just don't know how mad they made me. They did such and such, and it made me so mad, especially when it comes to someone else's kids. I don't care how good a friend you are. If your best friend has a kid that's an idiot, you don't need to be the one to tell them that. Everybody understand that? (laughs) I could have a lot of fun here. I'm going to just keep right on going. I'm just going to keep going. Uh, you don't talk about their spouse. Say, I mean, you, you know, your husband's a jerk, man. I, I'm just sorry. You, 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 you can't do those kind of things. When it causes anger and it brings up anger in a relationship, you're going to be a huge, it's going to be a huge detriment to that friendship. You say, well, what do you do if people do something to you that ticks you off? You sit on it for a day or two, you calm down, and you have an adult conversation about it and don't act like a child. That's what you do. And if you're friends, you can sit down and have conversation about stuff. You don't have to throw mud, and you don't have to be accusatory, and you don't blame. 
You just say, I have a problem, maybe I misunderstood. And then you recount the story and you give that person the opportunity to tell their side and you go from there. That's just being smart. Smart to do that in your marriage. It's smart to do that in every relationship you have. But if you get mad on somebody and you just level off on them, you're, the, the friendship's going to be very difficult to, uh, to mend. So if you have a problem with anger, work on it. Leave it out of your friendship. It's more effective to calmly disagree and discuss the subject than to display anger. Replace anger with appropriate concern. Instead of being angry, you be appropriately concerned. All right, let's keep moving. More than any other characteristic in a relationship is that people want others to understand and accept them. When a friend has a struggle with something that matters a great deal to him or her, but they haven't overcome it, behaving in a non-judgmental manner will create more appreciation in your friend than you might could imagine. If you know someone is struggling with a vice, with a sin, with an addiction, with whatever it is, if you can accept that person and in your mind you're going to try to help work them out of it, you're going to be supportive, you're just going to be good moral support for them, that goes a long ways with that person. But when you judge them and say, you shouldn't do that, you need to quit that, you need to stop that, that's not for you to say. And friendships, I've noticed across the board, it, it's the same thing with, with teenagers with peer pressure. You don't have any particular leverage to talk like that to people. A doctor can do it. A therapist could do it. A coach could do it. But you can't because you're a peer. It's hard to give advice to a peer. It's hard to coach. It's hard to tell people what to do. Um, I've tried to help friendships along this line too. That somebody come to me and say, I'd like to be friends with this person. But all they do is tell me what to do. Okay, who's the friend? So-and-so, yeah, yeah, I know. They do the same thing to me. Um, you, have to, you have to be able to be honest and transparent with yourself. You have to know your strengths and weaknesses when you go into a relationship with people, and you have to be honest about it. And if you have a propensity to tell people what to do and boss them around and not accept them for who they are, you're going to struggle with friendships with anybody. <clears throat> people often play a game in their mind called, if they only knew. I say that sometimes. Boy, if people only knew. I've said it from the pulpit. If you only knew the real Glenn Murphy, you know, whatever, then you wouldn't be my friend. That's why I keep my dumb mouth shut. It's more important for you to be my friend than for you to know everything about me. There's only one person that knows everything about me, and his name is Jesus, and he still loves me. I know how people are. We can't be totally open with everybody, with everything. You just can't. But there are times that I've said even in ministry, on ministerial level friendships, if people really knew who I were, who I was, then you know they they might want to you know stay away or whatever. I say that about myself. Um, I understand that about myself. So it's important that we understand one another and that we accept one another it takes away people having to be a hypocrite it takes away people having to wear a false face i love the fact that people in my opinion from my perspective as far as i know to the best of my ability 
people can come to Grace Church and be who you are. We have taught and we have taught and we have taught on not being judgmental and to accept people just like they are. I am as much a child of God as you are. We are both sinners at the foot of the cross, but by the grace of God, we're here tonight. And everybody said amen. So the person, and I'm closing, the person is attempting, when you say if they only knew this about me or whatever, the person is attempting to determine if the friendship can withstand reality. And this is where you have to be careful. Uh, Again, there's folks here tonight that they they put all their stuff out there uh, about themselves, and it, it hurts friendships or whatever. You have to understand your audience. You have to understand who your friends are. You have to understand who you want to be in relationship with. And, and oftentimes we'll put things out there that could be offensive to people just to see how they're going to react to it. We want to see that people are fallible and flawed creatures. But many friendships end because God has not made people as perfect as we think they ought to be. A lot of friendships end because I'm not as perfect in your eyes as you think I ought to be. And this is where we need to be understanding and accepting of one another. That is something we need to consider. Encouraging a person to overcome a weakness is fine. Insisting that a friend must overcome a weakness or turn it into a lifelong obsession puts stress on the friendship. Uh, Disappointment soon follows, and our great expectations do not come to fruition out of that friendship. So what are the best types of friends in conclusion tonight? essentially the best type of friends are those that can stand on their own two feet male or female make an effort make an effort make an effort to be mentally financially and socially healthy it's from that group of people that your best type of friends or potential friends will come from people who are mentally financially or socially unhealthy are going to be challenging to establish friendship with if they are your friend there's a motive behind it that's where we need to be careful the psycho- the psychologically healthy individual is able to be happy with or without things as was the apostle paul when he said i have learned therefore than whatever state I'm in therewith to be content. Most people desire and usually have several good friends or can have a main friend as their marriage partner. They can have the green-eyed monster under control, which is jealousy. He or she is jealous in the sense that they want to continue an enjoyable partnership, but they are not overly jealous, etc. As long as friends spend enough time together with each other, they do not mind their friends having other interests, which can mean hobbies or even other friends so what makes people stay in a relationship is the balance in their friendship account our attitude had better be one of willingness to give value for value or we will not succeed in maintaining a friendship and when i've seen people here at grace church and even in other circles they go from person to person to person and the friendship lasts three to six months it starts to tell me something that it's not all the other people that are at fault here. There's an approach, there's a presentation that a person is making to people that people are rejecting. 
And we need to find out what that is if that's happening. People in America divorce people that are snotty, unthoughtful, constantly taken without giving, demanding, mean-spirited, always having to be right. If you want to avoid ending a friendship, check your attitude and change it if it's out of line. Above all, keep your friendship account balanced. The most enjoyable relationships you can have are friendships. And if we can keep our friendship accounts balanced, then we will have friends that last a lifetime. I'm glad to say tonight, and I I honestly believe it would be the case whether I was married into the Nixon family or not, but uh, Sister Murphy's two brothers, or both of them, Gary and Ricky, are very good friends of mine. And uh, we all agree that we don't always talk that much, and we don't always hang out that much. But when we do meet, we pick up where we left off at. There's just a chemistry And there's a bond there that hasn't broken in almost 45 years. Uh, I had an opportunity this week kind of getting in the Christmas holiday nostalgic spirit. Which once in a while the old Scrooge can plug into Christmas. Now and then, family's been kind of amazed. Um, I got out some old family videos. And um, it was very special. I actually figured it up. It was the summer, Sister Nixon, of 1974. Uh, Me and Gary and Ricky were throwing the football on what is where the A Center is now setting. We were throwing the football back and forth. And um, the Nixons had a, I think, an 8-millimeter or super 8-millimeter movie camera. The kind when you have the volume up, all you can hear is, you know what I mean? Please don't ask me to do that again. That kind of hurt. But um, we were videoing each other. And uh, I'd hold the camera and video Gary and Ricky. And then one of them would hold the video and film the other two of us. And we were throwing the football. I dug that out today, this morning. And uh, it's, it's only five or six minutes. I just wanted to see it. And uh, it it just came to my mind and whatever. And uh, I was felt comforted that there was a time in my life that I was very, very skinny. And uh, that was kind of funny. A stiff breeze would have blown me to somewhere, wherever. And uh, but I literally had that on my computer screen and was playing it. So I took my phone and videoed little clips of that and sent it to Gary and Ricky. And we just had an awesome texting back and forth exchange today over that. But seriously, it was back here on this property where the A Center now sits that we were throwing that football. But it's friendships. And I have come to understand that I have parameters with these two men. We've been friends now for 40 plus years. I think when we were throwing the football, I did the math. It was a little over 42 years ago. And we're still friends. I have another good friend, very good friend that lives in, in Arkansas. That just We have a lot of chemistry, a lot of, but we have learned parameters. And we've learned how to be very understanding and very accepting. We've rejoiced with each other in our accomplishments. And we've cried together in our moments of weakness and failure. It's friendship. It's friendship, and you understand those parameters. I'm glad I can tell you tonight 
that I'm still friends with these men, and I believe I'd be friends with them whether I was married into the family or not. We were friends before Sister Murphy and I were ever dating or romantic or whatever. I was friends with Gary long before uh, anything ever transpired with Sister Murphy and I. And I believe we'd still be friends today. So I want to tell you tonight that you can be good, have good friends, good relationships in your, in your life from people who are in the church. All of your friends don't have to be unchurched people. You can have great friends in the church. If you'll take what I've said tonight, and if you didn't get all this, go listen to it again. It was very abstract, and I get that. But friendships are abstract sometimes. It's hard to know where to set boundaries, and they're different with different people. So if you'll look at yourself, look at the person you want to be friends with, and learn parameters, and learn how to approach it, learn how to accept, learn how to forgive, then you can have long-lasting friendships, and you can have more than one at a time if you pick the right people. So God bless you tonight. Do y'all enjoy being dismissed from a seated position? I have broke that tradition on Wednesday night. Well, let's stand and be dismissed. I've proven that you can be dismissed from sitting. We have one the standing, two the standing. So there you go. God bless you. You're dismissed tonight. We'll see you Sunday morning. God bless.